Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Social awareness. That's to take a piss. Don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right. All right. Welcome to another edition of the Budding Heads Podcast from Rams Talk Radio on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Rivero. Here, Johnny, as always. Johnny, despite the Rams still being more than. I don't know, 30 million under the cap right now or over the cap, I should say. Uh, they're making moves. Things are happening. It's been a super exciting first day of free agency around the NFL. Like always, like always, the, the there's really nothing new that's going on here. You know, the NFL free agency is exciting. You know, players move on the move. And then the Rams continuously get themselves more and more in debt without anyone really knowing how they're going to get themselves out. It's it's wild. Uh, we are recording this at 6 p.m. West Coast time. So by the time this podcast comes out, I'm sure there is going to be more news that we missed. Uh, as we're recording this, Johnny, one minute ago, Jameis Winston just signed with the Saints, uh, a topic I'm sure we're going to discuss at the end of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> some other things that are going on down there. But... Uh, so we are going to talk about what has happened previously to 6 p.m. Eastern, and I will keep an eye on the wire in case any news relevant to us comes through. But for now, obviously, a lot has happened today. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, let's just get right into it, man. The big news of the day for the Rams was, uh, obviously, there was a bunch of things, but I would say the biggest and uh, kind of ironic, I have been saying on the podcast that I think it's very unlikely Leonard Floyd would come back and that I thought they were actually going to be able to get John Johnson back. Clearly I was living in denial that, and the opposite happened. It became pretty clear the last couple of days that John Johnson was not going to be back. He is not back, but Leonard Floyd is back. Uh, despite the team not having cap space, which I don't know. I feel like that's less of the important discussion because I think we will somehow make some things happen tomorrow. But for today, Leonard Floyd is back on a four-year, $64 million contract. That's $16 million a year. Uh, Floyd had a huge year next to Aaron Donald last year, 10 and a half sacks. 
I mean, what was your reaction when you saw this news? Uh, this was, uh, it seemed like it was gaining traction the last couple of days, but I was still pretty shocked to actually see it go down and such a big number given the cap situation. Oh, I was stunned. Uh, there was no doubt about it. I was stunned. Uh, I kind of figured that the Rams were going to go after at least one of their big targeted free agents that uh, are heading on the market. I was kind of hoping it'd be John Johnson. Uh, I doubted it was going to be Troy Hill because I'm sure he's going to get a, an absurd contract. Um, but I thought even that was more possible than Leonard Floyd because as you and I have always mentioned for the past couple years now that um, outside linebackers, particularly edge rushers, do not get cheap contracts, especially after having a year that Leonard Floyd did. And <laughs> and Leonard, just for, for the listeners out there, Leonard Floyd, not even a top 10 paid edge rusher. So it's nope. huge money. We're going to we we talk about if it's worth it, but... Like, you have to caveat it with that, like, be, besides quarterback, this is probably the most expensive position in the NFL. This is where players get paid off the edge. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And we saw that with Dante Fowler, and and now we're seeing it with Leonard Floyd. So uh, the, the number at, doesn't shock me at all. It is around the ballpark that I was, I was figuring Leonard Floyd was going to get. Uh, may, maybe a little bit more, but not much more. I was figuring he was going to get anywhere between 14 to 16 million, which he, he got. So, um, the interesting thing is what makes this more relevant than normal, because as Steve mentioned, this isn't even a, the biggest contract at this position. It, it's far from it, but what makes it so... That wasn't even the biggest contract at this position signed today. Uh, yeah. Shaq Barrett got a little more than he did. Well, he deserved it really, honestly. But, um, but yeah, kind of the, the interesting thing about this is, is um, you got Leonard Floyd at, at this, at this price, but because of the Rams contract uh, or because of their cap space, rather, it's it's huge news because this is such a big contract with the Rams having literally no money. In fact, they have if they had no money, that'd be great news. Now <laughs> I can't even tell you where their cap space is right now because it just depends on how much he's getting for twenty twenty one. So the rat, the rat like if if he's getting sixteen million, which he's probably not, but like hypothetically they'd be at like negative 50 ish <laughs> roughly <laughs> uh, so they have to be cleared by wednesday so i'm sure we're going to get a lot more clarity tomorrow or today assuming you're listening to this podcast on tuesday so we'll see what happens but yeah it's like it, it just adds even more money that they have to get to now because you know he's on the team he's back they signed him yeah, I, and knowing Les Snead, you know, he, him uh, being the financial wizard he is, he's probably not going to have, like, a super loaded first year, probably going to be a backloaded contract. And uh, truthfully, the Rams will have um, tons more money as as we get later on into his, his uh, towards the end of his contract. So, 
that's probably where where they're going to be saved a little bit here. But still, you you have to figure any sort of money that's being placed into 2021 that it still has to be somehow worked out to you know at least get back into uh into the in the black here because as of right now you know <laughs> having so much uh so actually I don't even know how to call this it's not even no space it's they 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 oh they have they're in debt Trying to clear that out somehow is, is going to be a, a mission, even if all you do is restructure a bunch of players' contracts. It's going to it's gonna be a mission to, to get it back to where it needs to be. Yeah, it seems like something in addition to a restructuring of Ramsey and Donald and an extension of Stafford, like something else I think would have to happen, whether it's uh, a trade of like a Michael Brockers type guy or a restructure of Cooper Cup or Robert Woods or something along those lines. I uh, don't like 100% quote me on that. I, I think it's accurate, but I think something else would have to happen to accommodate this much money unless it really is like 4 million cap hit next year because cap hit, I, I do not understand NFL contracts at all. Like we're signing players to $64 million and we have no cap space. Uh, cap space is a myth to the Rams. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm excited to see how they handle this, but let's talk about, uh, you know, having Floyd back. It's a lot of money. Hey, he's going to be the fourth highest paid player on the team next year in terms of his annual salary behind Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford, presumably. So it's, it's a lot of money. He might not be the fourth best player on the team. Uh, but as we mentioned, this is an expensive position you have to pay to keep these guys. I mean, we saw Dante Fowler. We lost him last year. Uh, in hindsight, thank God, based on how he performed this year. But this is you just have to pay money to have productive players at the position or draft. And even when you draft guys, you know, if you're not if you're not getting Chase Young with the second pick or a guy up at that level, like you know Nick Bosa, uh, Miles Garrett type player, type prospect. They usually take these guys usually take a year or two to, to settle in and really get going. And while I do think this is a little too much money for Leonard Floyd, I I don't I'm not like upset by it. I think it's it's an overpay that you can swallow. It's not a huge overpay. You know, I think his value would probably be closer to like the, the eleven, twelve million range. And when you when you put it like in that perspective, a couple more million dollars isn't the end of the world. This is a guy that was really productive in the second half of last year next to Aaron Donald. I don't really see that being a fluke. Uh, Aaron Donald makes players more productive, and as long as he's productive, I think Leonard Floyd will be able to get his. Uh, he'll be a little more comfortable, even though it's going to be a new system, be a little more comfortable with the players around him. I mean, the the core of that defensive line, except for one player that we're going to talk about in a little bit, uh, Aaron Donald, Ashawn Robinson, Smash Joseph Day, maybe Michael Brockers, TBD, uh, and then the guys like Terrell Lewis and Okoronkwo coming up, like the younger guys coming up. There should be a lot of parity there, and I think he's going to feel comfortable, and I think he's going to perform. Uh, I don't know if I expect him to be performing at a all-pro or a Pro Bowl level, but like I said, you know, if you're performing at an all-pro level at this position, you're probably getting like $20 million or more. It's just these guys just get paid. There's so much value for them. And even a guy like we're, we're talking about um, potential value players we could assign, a guy like Romeo Aquaro and uh, from uh, Detroit – he ended up getting three years, 39 million. So that's 13 million a year. So guys are just getting paid. 
Uh, if you wanted to keep Leonard Floyd around, you probably were going to have to pony up, and they did, and he's here, and I'm I'm okay with it. I'm not I'm not like you know over the moon about having Leonard Floyd back at this contract number, but I'm I'm happy to to have some parity and get a good player back. Okay, so here, I, um, one of the things about this signing that makes me excited is. I actually wanted this to happen. I wanted the Rams to bring back Leonard Floyd. I'm not going to lie. I was hoping for a much cheaper contract. Maybe not much, but maybe at least a little bit cheaper than that. But, again, being the position that it is, it, it demands a big contract. And, undoubtedly, he would have got it wherever. And and I, I'm assuming he would probably get it for around the same cost. So... That being said, the reason why I really wanted Leonard Floyd back is because I feel like that he he actually sparked back into like this really talented outside linebacker at the appropriate time. You know, when you really think back to when he, you know, his first year with the Rams, the only time he really struggled was at the beginning of the season, which makes total sense. You know, this is a brand new team, brand new system. He's got to adjust with the flow and everything. And towards the end of the season, he was undoubtedly valuable, you know, and, and he became a big, big part of the number one defense in the league, you know. That says a lot, you know, and being part of... A system where there's obviously some type of chemistry there, as Steve mentioned, Aaron, the Aaron Donald effect, you know, continues making superstars. Well, we know that this formula kind of works, so why go away from that? You know, that I even when you look back to like guys like Dante Fowler, he had moments where he was just straight up dominant. But he also had moments where like, he was kind of forgettable and not on the field. As much as I like Dante Fowler, he didn't have the consistency that you know Leonard Floyd had. And that's after one year, whereas Leonard, uh, Dante Fowler had two years. Well, a year and a half, I guess. But still, so all that, all that said... I'm I'm really excited about this. I'm really excited that they have this kind of tandem knockdown. Again, I wish it was a little cheaper, but hey, you know, that's that's the position and that's one of the hardest positions to find. And truthfully speaking, to to go into the offseason looking for two of two outside linebackers to, to fill the void here, that, that was going to be tough. So that's one less position to worry about and keeping what was the number one defense, you know, together, that's going to be, that's going to be huge. One last thing that I have to say that's, that's making me a little bit excited about this is this is exactly the type of player that Raheem Morris really wants as a defensive coordinator. See, one of the things that Brandon Staley didn't really do too often was blitzes. He just he just didn't like them. He he just didn't do it that often. 
there is consequences from using blitzes a lot, but obviously when you blitz, you want a guy like um, Leonard Floyd on the team. And so bringing him back and having a, a blitz specialist uh, defensive coordinator, I, I think this is, we're, we haven't even seen, you know, the, the best of what we're getting out of Leonard Floyd just yet. So I'm really excited about that as well. He's, he's 28. That is certainly not old for an edge rusher at all. Uh, it's nope. re- relatively young. He's He'll be 29 early in the season or probably a couple of days before the season starts. But yeah, he's he's good age. And, and like you mentioned, it, just having him back, you know, if you feel like your best move to fill the void at edge rusher is just to re-sign him, even if it's a little, little bit of money, then that's the move you make. Uh, that's This is a position that's important and it needed to be – filled whether it was Leonard Floyd or whether it was one of the guys we discussed like Jadavion Clowney or someone like that who'd be much riskier because we haven't seen him in the system and that they're those guys are available because they're riskier so I I'm happy to get Leonard Floyd back um that probably is the biggest reason you know you have him on one side and you can roll out your smorgasbord of Justin Hollins if you bring him back and Terrell Lewis and Okoronkwo if if you choose not to add another guy, and maybe they are able to add someone cheap, but I can't imagine they're going to invest a ton of money or draft capital in this position unless somebody really just falls to them uh, at 57. I think they'll probably look to use that pick for an, another need, and they have a couple. And I, you know, I, I, I think that it gives them a lot more flexibility in this. Even Well, not really, because they're not going to have cap space, but in the draft, certainly. Uh, you know, if you were to lose Leonard Floyd and not replace him, you probably would have to go edge rusher at 57, and now they have some options. On the flip side, our other big free agent, John Johnson, uh, has left for colder pastures. Uh, it was a roller coaster of a day. He posted an Instagram story thanking Los Angeles and the fans and the, uh, the Ramley for having him for four years couple minutes later he gets announced he signed with cleveland for a three-year deal worth 33.75 million 24 million of that guaranteed uh, a great value for cleveland and probably a good contract for johnson because he gets a good amount of guaranteed money there man that seems like a a deal that the rams could have signed fairly easily especially if they were able to give leonard floyd 64 million dollars uh, this is, you know, there's been a couple guys over the last couple of years that they could have kept and they went a different route. Um, but I mean, like emotionally, I wish the route they went was to keep John Johnson, but I get it. Safety is an easier void to fill than edge rusher. And they've done it numerous times over the last couple of years of less needs tenures guys in the past that performed well at safety and they chose not to keep. Under less need, Rodney McLeod, who went into the Eagles and played fairly well. Uh, he's still there, a free agent. TJ McDonald, who left and fizzled out. LaMarcus Joyner, who left and did not do well in Oakland. Um, so, I mean, I, I think John Johnson's going to be a killer with Cleveland. I'm glad he's going to a situation where we'll get to compete and get a, get some, get a nice paycheck. That's, as we mentioned, always the goal for most of these NFL players, it seems like, as Marvin Jones alluded to. But... Um, I'm going to miss him, man. I, I'm bummed by this, but I, it's probably the right call to 
lock up Leonard Floyd, even though I'd love to keep John Johnson here, just because we have such a history of replacing guys at this position. Uh, Lesney does it well. He finds people just out of nowhere, and he's not even going to have to this time because Jordan Fuller, who was killer in his rookie year, Taylor Rapp, who was killer in his rookie year, and not great in his second year, but we could expect a bounce back, uh, and Terrell Burgess, who showed a lot of flashes last year. That's your trio at safety. I mean, you feel good about it to let John Johnson walk, whereas you feel a lot worse about your edge rushers had you let Leonard Floyd walk. I get it, but uh, it's a bummer, man. I I loved him. He's one of my favorite players. Oh, yeah, absolutely. John Johnson was a fan favorite for a very good reason. He's he's the type of player that just comes into work, you know, he does what he needs to do. Yeah, he might he might talk a little bit of trash here and there, but he's not he's not a guy that showboats too too much. He he kind of has like a kind of a I would say a balanced effort in that regard. But um, he he definitely was a guy that got the job done, and you'd be pretty damn confident about it too. You know, uh, him. What his literally the only fly I ever saw in John Johnson's game was health, you know, and, and I feel like that's why we still feel robbed about you know John Johnson leaving is because he really didn't have a healthy year until until last year, and uh, he he really proved his worth and he he earned every bit of the money he got uh, from Cleveland so. I have to say it is sad to see him go because, you know, this is a homegrown talent. He was a guy that we drafted and he, he was killer, man. He, he was, he was a fun player to watch. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be sad not seeing him there, but as you said, Steve, safety is something the Rams have scouted well for many years, well over a decade, I would say. And now... (laughs) The, the Rams don't even really... If they went into the season with this current lineup of safeties, I think they'd be okay. Maybe add uh, an undrafted free agent uh, as as like a backup or something like that. But you really don't need to, to go out and sign somebody else or go and draft like a high draft pick for, for a safety. Because, yeah, you, there's no replacing John Johnson... But at the same time, they have solid safeties on their roster right now. You know, there, there's, you know, we you mentioned Rap, you mentioned Fuller. You know, there's still Terrell Burgess who was looking promising before he went out with an injury. We forget a lot about Terrell Burgess, and and we even forget that he was actually selected before Jordan Fuller. Yeah. So he he there is talent there. We just haven't seen it just yet because these guys are so young, they're up and coming, and they're very promising. So, as much as I would have loved to have kept John Johnson, and and make no mistake, if the Rams had the cap space, he would be back in a uniform and with this contract because really, wasn't a bad contract. It was actually relatively affordable, and I, I really feel like the Browns got a steal here, but... Uh, that's how it goes, man. It's a business at the end of the day, and you know, good luck to John Johnson. I hope he he does well out there in Cleveland. I know he will. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, 
it's harder to replace an edge rusher than it is a safety. And if if I know Les Snead, he's probably going to be scouting the undrafted free agents. Hell, he might even get another 6th, 7th round pick and, and uh, might get another superstar out of that. So, yeah, um, he'll be missed, but unfortunately that's the way it goes. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Yeah, it's a good contract, man. It makes him about the seventh or eighth highest paid safety in the league. Uh, not too much long-term money. It's it's pretty fully guaranteed, but, I mean, I don't really anticipate him falling off a cliff. Like, I, I have a lot more faith in him than I did LaMarcus Joyner when he left or DJ McDonald, certainly, when he left. Uh, I think he's the best safety we've had uh, since since Les Snead's been here. So, dating back to 2012, I mean, yeah, we, we've had good players at the position, but nobody's really been, like, I would say a really high-end safety. I mean, guys like Darian Stewart were good after they left. Uh, Ronnie McLeod even, I think, was a lot better in Philly than he was here. But I think he's the best safety we've had over that time period. It certainly wasn't fucking Eric Weddle. Uh, that is for sure. <laughs> um, but yet, the, the defensive play caller last year, defensive captain, they're going to have to pick. They're going to have to grab a new play caller on defense, I think, for like the third straight, third or fourth straight year. Which will be interesting to, and curious to see they go with. Maybe it is Jordan Fuller, although second year guy. That it's a high ask. I don't know. There's no, there's no, there's no clear player to take that over. So I'm curious to see where they go. But that's a that's a topic for another day. Uh, I'm gonna miss it, man. But like you said, I I don't think they add anything to this room earlier than the fourth round. And I'd be pretty surprised if they grabbed a safety in the fourth round. You have. Fuller, Rap, Burgess, even Nick Scott played a little bit last year and played all right. Like he's a fine fourth safety. Um, and when you when you put it like in that terms, it makes sense that they made this walk. They are a better team with John Johnson. They're a better secondary with John Johnson. But I think they could still be a good group of safeties without him. Um, <laughs> so this this one was wild. Uh, another player that left today, uh, edge rusher. Outside linebacker, Samson Ibukam, signed with division rival San Francisco. Two years, $12 million, up to $13.5 million with incentives total for that contract. Um, this got a pretty, like, audible laugh out of me. Um, I like Samson Ibukam. Good dude. Okay player. You know, I know we just said edge rushers get a lot of money, but, you know, they're basically signing a rotational backup defensive end six million a year it's not nothing um he had 14 sacks in his four years with the rams 35 total starts i mean he's fine but i would not pay him that much money i don't know about you i i like uh samson ibukan but I in in fact I was kind of hoping he would come back with the Rams as as a backup role or as as a rotational role as we were kind of using him really the past few years but no way in hell would I want to pay a backup rotational guy 6 million a year that's 
that's a bit excessive, you know? Um, but, hey, you know, uh, congratulations to him. And, uh, you know, even though he's going to a rival, I still wish him well. Uh, you know, he, he was one of the few uh, Rams, current Rams players that we were able to interview. So, um, that that's amazing. That's amazing in and of itself. But, um, yeah, I, <laughs> I could not see paying him two years, $12 million contract with, or 13.5 million with incentives. Yeah, no, no way. I, I'm not sad about the Rams missing out here. Yeah, it's, you know, I feel like usually when rotational defensive ends get that kind of money, they're like specialists that do one thing particularly well. Think like late career Chris Long or even like Clay Matthews when he was with the Rams. You know, they you put him in for a third down, they could give you a successful pass rush. Uh, they're not going to be every down players. He doesn't really do, like, anything particularly well. He's like, okay, at some things. I don't know. Uh, we're going to play him twice a year. I'm not, like, dreading that. Uh, but he's a friend of the show. So uh, he, I, I liked him as a Ram, man. I would have taken him back as a backup as well. But it is what it is. He He's not here. <laughs> uh, guy that is coming back, Darius Williams. Uh, he was expected to be back as a restricted free agent, though this was interesting, Johnny, because I think it was kind of anticipated that they would put a second-round tender on him that would that would get him on the team for about $3 million this year. The Rams actually signed him to a first-round tender, which is $4.6 million. It's a little more expensive, a uh, million and a half. That's not nothing considering the cap situation the Rams are in, but it basically basically 100% secure is that he will be on the team next year. Basically, if he were to walk, a team would have to offer him a contract and then give up a first-round pick if the Rams choose not to match the contract, which, I mean, I would imagine if somebody signed Darius Williams to an offer sheet, the Rams would take the first-round pick. Uh, that would be really shocking if they didn't do that. And on the flip side, I don't really anticipate anyone doing that. Whereas if it was a second-round pick, you know, a team that's picking in the late 50s or the 60s, you could talk yourself into bringing in Darius Williams essentially for a late second. That's not a unrealistic thing. And if a team had cap space, you know, at that at that pick late, um, maybe they consider it, you know. So I this this kind of got some criticism on on Twitter because not not really by Rams fans, but by like some people in the media because like teams usually don't sign players to a second round tender that normally doesn't happen it's not if you get signed to a second round tender you're usually sticking with the team uh and basically the Rams just gave up 1.5 million to make it a first which is like a 1000 percent certainty that he's going to be back nobody's going to sign to that but I mean like like the Browns were good last year they have some cap space um, it's it's not impossible that a team would have signed him to a tender and given up a second round pick. So I'm okay with adding in that extra 1.5 million to keep him around, per, like for sure. Um, and also, I think long term, if this is a guy you want to keep in the building for a long time, giving him a little bit money now will make you know he's going to be happier with an extra 1.5 million dollars. That's basic. It, it's a third of what, or it's 
you know, a 50% increase from what he would have made on the other tender. So uh, I'm okay with it. I don't know how you felt about this. I, I thought it was kind of weird that people really, like, there was actually, like, real criticism about it. To the people that criticized this meal, uh, this meal, wow, dinner time. Uh, Hang on, you. <laughs> for the. Hang on, I, I can't hear anything you're saying. Yep. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. Uh, okay. I didn't hear any of that, so you could just start over. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. There's... Oh, okay. So for the people that actually question this deal for Darius Williams, I have to ask, did you watch him at all? Like, seriously, did, did you see the guy play? He was an exceptional cornerback. He he played extremely well opposite of Jalen Ramsey and was seriously one of the main reasons why this defense thrives so well. You know, to say, to question if he's worth a first-round tender, you, you need to watch him play again because he was clearly one of the better defensive backs in the league. Maybe not... Um, top 10 or anything, but certainly you could make an argument for top 15. But that being said, if if I'm a team out there, the, especially a team that has like a, you know, uh, the back end of the second round pick, you know, uh, like like the Cleveland Browns, maybe like a team like the, the Green Bay Packers, you know, a team like that, if I see if I see a guy like like Darius Williams available for a second round tender, I'm absolutely offering to get them because really, uh, second round picks are nice and all. I, I mean, we've seen the Rams, you know, use that to their advantage, but they're not a guaranteed thing. You know, where <laughs> that that to me, I would do that in a heartbeat if, if that were the case. So I, I, I was actually worried about that. That was kind of one of my concerns is that the Rams would kind of go the cheap route and use a second round tender instead of a first. Was happy that they were willing to spend the $1.5 million more, which in the grand scheme of things is really not much for a talented cornerback. You know, cornerbacks is one of those positions that are on the rise in terms of, you know, players that are getting paid now. So... 
cornerbacks, you can never have too many good ones, as we saw last year. So, yeah, absolutely 1,000%, 1,000,000% agree with this decision. And quite frankly, if you have a problem with this, either you have something against Darius Williams or you just really didn't watch football much. <laughs> well, I, I think the issue came with more of people that were like didn't think somebody would do the second round tender. I don't think anyone is saying like Darius Williams isn't worth 4.5 million. That's nobody would say that, but it's more like the tender and I kind of get it. But like, I, I, I think you, you pay that extra money just to make sure nobody talks about it. Cause I mean, even a team picking at like 42, you know, if you're picking like in the forties and you have a lot of cap space and you have a needed cornerback, you could probably get Darius Williams on a cheaper deal than you would next year because you're essentially like doubling his contract for this year or around that those yeah like you'd get him cheaper because you'd be giving him more money in 2021 theoretically and you could talk yourself into he's a really good quarterback he's young um let's let's bring him in it's it's okay if we give up a second round pick you nobody's going to do that with the first round pick he's really good but in addition to paying him an, a decent contract, like you're giving up a first, uh, I don't, I can't imagine any team signing him to an offer sheet. No, for for a first round pick, I'd be incredibly surprised. And if that's the case, then hey, the Rams are maximizing their efforts as much as they possibly can here. So yeah. you, you you couldn't say that the Rams didn't try, you know. If you get a first-round pick offer sheet, let him go and draft his replacement. Yeah. For sure. Uh, you don't – that's not – I don't anticipate that happening, though. Um, some other smaller-time news. Uh, I guess not really. Gerald Everett posted an Instagram post thanking the Rams and the Rams fans, so he's gone. He hasn't signed anywhere yet. Um, I mean, I guess we could speak to that more when he actually does sign, but this was maybe the most likely – departure on the entire roster uh maybe next to josh reynolds i suppose although even him i there's a chance that he's back on a cheap deal if nobody signs him but i don't think this is gonna happen I, he'll probably get an okay contract but Everett, the writing was on the wall as soon as i drafted bryson hopkins and didn't you know make him a focus of the offense last year he does add something to the offense but i don't think it's something that's gonna be missed that much it's, it's okay this is the right call yeah, no no doubt about it. He if you can't possibly be blindsided by this, you know, especially drafting Bryson Hopkins, who's a guy that has a lot of potential. You know, he he's even if Hopkins comes into the season, you know, uh, uh well, I mean, he is going to come into the season in a reserve role, but it it's not like you know, he, he's going to be coming in filling huge shoes or anything because Gerald Everett wasn't really a focal point. He was kind of an afterthought. That doesn't necessarily um, say anything about his skill set because I still think that Gerald Everett has a ton of potential that the Rams just didn't exploit. But one of his biggest issues was consistency as well. As much as I do blame... Uh, you know, the play calling and Jared Goff to an extent, 
part of it was his problem too. You know, he he did drop some big passes here and there. Um, but, you know, I, I do hope that he finds, uh, you know, a team that'll use him as a legitimate threat um, that I know he could be. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not at all surprised that he basically said goodbye. And um, I'm curious who he lands with, though. I'm hoping it's no one from the NFC West because uh, if he does end up, you know, having a great career, you know, after playing for the Rams, I, I hope not to see him twice a year, you know? I I could, if he went to like Arizona, I think he'd actually have some real value there. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know where he's going to end up, but I think somebody will talk themselves into him for sure. And I wouldn't be shocked if he went somewhere else and actually played well. Um, he's a fairly talented pass catcher. He's a flawed player, but he has value. I think he'll stick around in the NFL for at least a couple more years. Um, until, you know, his athleticism starts to fade. But he, he's good, man. Or he's not he's, – he's all right. He, he has value. And and he's young, and he's a good pass catcher, which is not true for a lot of tight ends on the market. So I – somebody will buy – somebody will sign him. I'm curious to see how much it ends up being. Last departure for the Rams today, Johnny. I mean, it's kind of going under the radar, but a two-time Pro Bowler and a – guy who played for the Rams for 10 years uh, signed with the Dallas Cowboys today. Uh, a long snapper, Jake McQuaid, uh, reuniting with Greg Zerline and special teams coach John Fossil down in Dallas. I, listen, I, I think the Rams will be okay at this position, but it's the end of an era. He was the longest tenured player on the team. Yeah, it. I, I know a lot of people will sleep on this on this move and um, they really shouldn't because there is something to be said about having a talented long snapper. I mean, the Cowboys themselves know how important a long snapper is. So uh, now they don't have to worry about that. You know, Uh, they don't have to recruit Tony Romo to do it again, but (laughs) I had to throw that in there, but um yeah, I I think at this point they the Rams might as well just trade Johnny Hecker to the Cowboys because the Cowboys seemed hell bent on you know <laughs> redoing their special teams to look like the Rams 2018 special teams. So uh, yeah, all you all you really need is uh, Nasimba Webster, and then there you go. <laughs> Maybe they'll get Farrell Cooper. Oh, yeah, Farrell Cooper. Forgot about him, too. Yeah, I mean, when you're penny-pinching like the Rams are, like, he got a a fairly decent pay. I think it was 1.2 mil, which for a long snapper is a lot. Uh, It really is. Yeah, like, these guys usually get paid the minimum. minimum. But he's probably worth it. You know, he's elite at the position. I don't remember the last time we had a bad special team snap. I I can't recall. No. it's, It's been a really long time. So, I mean, I'll, uh, I'll miss him. The title of longest tenured Ram now goes to the aforementioned Johnny Hecker and Michael Brockers, who have both been here since 2012. Um, another St. Louis Ram gone. Not, not that many of them on the team. Malcolm Brown likely to leave. That's another one. Uh, I'll have to do the math and see. I, I can't remember if there's any other St. Louis guys left besides Darren Donald. Mm, no, I don't. I don't think so. I'll have yeah. to look that up. We'll, we'll we'll find that out. Um, but 
They're dwindling, that's for sure. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's all the Rams news that has happened today. This it is not 6:45 LA time. I don't think any news has broken for the Rams during the course of this podcast. But if we still don't have cap space. Um I'm I'm anticipating a ton of restructure announcements tomorrow. Uh and like I, I don't know if it's worth sitting here speculating about because by the time people are listening to this, they, they might be done. Uh, I wonder if anyone's going to get moved. It, and I mentioned Brockers a couple times. I think he'd be the most likely candidate if you need to trim trim some fat with the the notable players on on deals. Um, Kenny Young probably might get cut. I, I'd be kind of surprised if he didn't. I don't know. I'm very curious. I'm very curious, especially after this Leonard Floyd signing. Yeah, the like I said, I I can't. I, I'm still stunned that the Rams were able to resign Leonard Floyd. But again, I I am not necessarily criticizing it because hey, if uh, Les Need can figure out a plan to which he can still keep uh Floyd and have money left over I I'm all for it you know um I I feel like he's just such a financial wizard at that he can do that somehow and it'll be interesting to see how this how this plays out but yeah it, it is a little odd though that the restructure contract announcements haven't been announced yet that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not done. Um, it just means that the Rams haven't announced it yet, but I think at some point they have to announce it, especially before Wednesday. So I don't know. Um, hopefully that's either done or in the process of getting done because, uh, cutting it close there, Sneed. <laughs> Seriously, dude. I think it has to happen tomorrow. Um, so I'm sure it'll be a busy news day. Somebody will probably be back here doing a podcast tomorrow night or Tuesday night, I guess today depending on when you're listening to this. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm curious. I I think we'd be remiss, Johnny, if we didn't talk about the Saints before we got here. <laughs> I knew you were I, just uh, biting at the bit to just... Uh... I, I just, like, I want to know what your reaction was when you looked at your phone and you saw that Taysom Hill got a four-year, $140 million contract extension. You know, I... <laughs> Oh man, when I saw that, I was just thinking, man, Steve is probably having a field day with this one because <laughs> I I still, you know, we we kind of joke about Hill all the time just because he is easily one of the most overrated players in the NFL. And and let's keep in mind, just don't forget they signed Jameis Winston an, an hour ago uh, to a one year, twelve million dollar deal. So like. He's, he's there. I, if I'm Jameis, I, I have to say I'd be scratching my head a little bit. <laughs> I I don't get it. I I really don't get it. Like I are there teams out there that are knocking on the door to get Taysom Hill? Like is there something that I'm missing here? Well, be- so so here the contract the contract is basically fake. And the NFL makes absolute like this is why I do not understand and the NFL salaries like they signed him to a four year one hundred forty million dollar extension, basically as a mechanism um, to save 
not I think it was 7.5 million in cap this year. So they had to sign him to this ridiculously bloated extension. Every year in the extension is voidable. So it's basically just to stretch out the money that he's supposed to make this year, which was like I think it was like 16 million dollars, which is fucking absurd. Uh, so I think it's to, to stretch out that gigantic amount of money. But like, I don't. I do, why did you have to sign him to 140 million dollars to spread out that money? Like, I, I did. This is one of those things. Like, somebody could sit here and explain every detail of how this works in the salary cap, but it's basically just like rigging the system. Like, I don't understand how teams are able to do this. Uh, it just feels so nonsensical. Um, but it was worth it just for my immediate reaction to seeing that fucking contract extension. (laughs) I don't care how fake it is. You put pen to paper on Taysom Hill for four years, $140 million. And like, and and Schefter's tweet about it. He's basically like, well, if Taysom performs well as the starting quarterback, then the framework is there for a contract extension. I don't think this guy is ever going to be worth like close to, over $30 million a year on that extension. So I don't think he's going to see a year. I don't think he's ever going to play on that contract, um, especially if Jameis Winston, the other quarterback, they're paying 10 plus million to next year, uh, gets the starting job that he should get and plays pretty well, which, you know, I think I will. I'm still a, a fairly believer in Jameis to an extent I think he's good I think he's one of the 30 best quarterbacks in the league I don't think Taysom Hill is (laughs) just like oh my god just like I I couldn't believe that notification I mean I I still see him as a tight end and not a quarterback I'm just being real I see him as a a punt team up back (laughs) (laughs) yeah I just I, I don't get it I really don't get it I I, I think that he has his uses, and I think that he can be a valuable player if used correctly. But do I think he's worth big money? No. If if I were the Saints and I had to lose Taysom Hill, I wouldn't be sad over it. I, I think he's just really just a media sensation somehow, and I and I still don't understand why. I don't get it. I never will. Um, <laughs> I never will. Any anything else that got you scratching your head from the first day of free agency? Why the New York Jets continue to sign like second, third wide receivers to massive <laughs> contracts? Like that. That's another. You know, I I like Corey Davis. I don't think he's a number one receiver. I just don't. Um, but, but why Jets? Why? I feel like every year the New York Jets go out and sign a second or third guy wide receiver and, and and they just give them like this big contract and then they end up cutting them eventually. Like, like Corey Davis just feels like a Jet and that's not... (laughs) Like, that's not a good thing. I it's, mean, I can see it working really out, though. Like, he was a high draft pick that, you know, not every high draft pick is going to put it together in their first year. And he seemed like he was putting it together last year. 
So, I mean, we'll see what happens, but, like, he really does feel like a Jet. Like, it's such a Jet signing. <laughs> oh, man. And then, well, I'm curious to see if it's going to be Sam Darnold that's going to be passing in the ball. If so, then... It won't. Uh, it won't R- be. There's no way. R.I.P. R- regardless. <laughs> I mean, there's no, like, their quarterback next year is either going to be a quarterback they draft at number two or Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. Um, I don't think it's going to be Russell Wilson. I still think it might be Deshaun Watson, but uh, that second pick will be used on a quarterback if they own it. That would be shocking if it wasn't. I, and you know, I, I still, I think there might be something there with Darnold, but he has not shown enough to warrant passing on a quarterback at two, especially when there's a couple guys at the top that are well-liked prospects. (laughs) <laughs> oh man free agency always exciting uh, i was really i was really enjoying the like i kept getting notifications of the texans signing like random players for like three million dollar contracts <laughs> <laughs> well i mean they they don't exactly have a ton of money either so that that was my favorite subplot of the day uh new england had some interesting moves you know i'd not like they sunk a lot of money into Nelson Aguilar and Jonu Smith and Kendrick Bourne. Like, I think all those players are pretty good. But, like, when you add them up as a pass-catching unit, I mean, we'll see, especially considering their limited limitations at quarterback. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's very strange. It seems like Bill Belichick's getting old and doesn't want to just sit there and tank. <laughs> Which is fair, man. He's earned that right, for sure. He's earned the right to do whatever he wants for the rest of his career. Yeah, I don't think anybody will argue that. Yeah, well, we'll see how it plays out. All right, man. Well, tomorrow or today or whatever day you're listening to this, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Rams clear out of this cap space hell. Uh, It is... 6.53, 6.53, so anything that happens beyond this point will not be on this podcast unless something wild happens. I will hop on and edit the podcast, I guess. Um, but, all right, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Cibarero, at johnny 56 and at TalkRams. There will be a lot of free agency reactions going on there. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you have not already, and we will be back next week, maybe sooner. We'll see. Somebody will be back this week, so we'll – You'll hear from Ramstock Radio again this week. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. We're going to see him soon. You feel me? Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. 
relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.